All right. Thank you so much to Mark for coming on and talking to us about his mock draft. The plan is for him to join and talk once more on Friday after the first round of the draft and most likely during the second and third rounds to talk about what happened the first day and maybe catch some surprise moments and fun stuff happening in day two, possibly, maybe. And then maybe we bring it all back around next dive on what happened in the draft. Right now, we have two... Very, very intelligent people to talk about their mock drafts on. Uh, their names are uh, Taco. Taco, introduce yourself. Hello, uh, people call me Taco, and I like uh, Baltimore sports. And honestly, sometimes I'm miserable watching them, but you know what? Uh, you you, you got to rock it, rock it out with your boys. So, <laughs> I believe the terminology is rock out with your cock out. And the other intelligent person is is me, of course. I am, of course, your host, Cam Dawkins, and I am a New England slash Boston fan uh, through and through to my soul. And we have some very interesting things to talk about. I think uh, back to the main subject, our two teams are interesting pieces in this draft machine, I mean, you guys traded back into the uh, first round, getting a, a first rounder for Orlando Brown, among other things. So now you have two firsts at the very end of the round. And my team has been the subject of a lot of conversation, largely about getting a new quarterback partly about getting maybe one of the star players that falls into the mid-range of the first round, i.e. a Devonta Smith or a Micah Parson. Either way, I think we should just start from the beginning and just go pick by pick what we think. I have trades in my mock draft. That's just kind of how I set it up. Uh, I'm not sure if you do. I, I have some personal trades I put in, and I'm a course updated to the the orlando brown trade uh that was uh the last time any first rounder swapped hands to my knowledge so let's start oh yeah by the way one more thing y'all need to know about me um today i have officially committed to virginia tech to come to pursue sports media and analytics I, ha I have committed we, we already got twelve thousand dollars in grants off rip we're already in good shape so well, attack, baby. That, that, that is, so ho ho hopefully uh, by the time I'm in college, I can get a better setup, some better equipment, like a mic and all of that. But we all know college is expensive, but I should be able to have better equipment at some point. We'll see. But I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'll have better equipment. Into the draft, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have been on the clock. Basically, since December at this point, since the Jets completely screwed up their winless season. Uh, who do you have the Jaguars taking? I, I wonder. See, this is really hard. There's a lot of really good prospects to pick from. But I narrowed it down to two people, Trevor Lawrence and um, Trevor Lawrence. So I decided 
they give Jackson. <laughs> I decided I, I decided for them the best fit is Trevor Lawrence. And let's be honest, he's the most obvious first overall pick since Andrew Luck. Like I don't think there's any debate. May, or maybe Burrow, but like at least with Bur- at least with Burrow, it took a minute. It took a minute for Burrow. It, it, he is the most obvious number one overall pick. Honestly, probably since maybe ever, like even with Luck. There was some debate about RG three, and even and with Manning, there was a lot of debate whether or not you should take him or leave. So honestly, it might be the most obvious first overall pick ever. Like we've known this for like the last seven months that Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. And- well, we've known he's going to Jacksonville for the last four months, five months, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've known Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick for like last. For maybe four years. He could have entered the NFL out of high school and he would have gone in the top 10. He could have entered as a freshman and he still would have been consensus first overall. He is that gifted of a, of a player. He crosses all the marks. He has a good arm. He's accurate. He has good intangibles. He has nice hair. Like He, he fits every bill you need in a franchise quarterback. And as long as Jacksonville doesn't ruin him, they're on the set. <laughs> He's got great hair, man. I mean, uh, how can you not love that? Yeah, and that's the only reason he's the first overall pick because Zach Wilson's hair is some is some shit. Like let's 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 keep it real. Zach Wilson looks like a, a twelve year old. He really does. Like he he looks like he looks like a Keebler elf. He looks like he should be a juvenile teenager in a '90s sitcom. <laughs> he definitely looks like a Saved by the Bell character. Absolutely. No, if we're being real about Trevor Lawrence, real quick, I, I mean. Seriously, uh, there was with Manning and Leaf. There was debate with Luck and RG3. I mean, obviously, those guys both ironically going to the Colts. I I wonder why, possibly why the Colts need two franchise-altering quarterbacks and ultimately can't keep them longer in 15 years, but... Don't get mad at the Colts because they know how to tank properly, okay? <laughs> that's true, that's true. No, um, be, like, I'm not trying to overhype the guy. I think people way too much strife on young guys like these uh, to, to force them to perform, but he may be the most anticipated necessary number one overall pick since John Elway. That's kind of saying a lot, considering he was also picked by the Colts, and they picked him knowing he did not want to go there. So that decision by John Elway, John Elway spurring the Colts is basically what ended their time in Baltimore. That's basically what made them move. Pretty much. They're like... They're like, we can't even, we, we can't get John Elway to play for us. Yeah, we, we got to leave, man. That's kind of what put the nail in the coffin. Is franchise-altering stuff, like, like, like league-altering stuff. And if Trevor Lawrence had said no to Jacksonville or, or the Jets, and I, I can't really blame him for that because we've had this precedent of people saying no before we had John Elway and we had Eli Manning doing the same thing. So how can we hold that against Trevor Lawrence? If he did that, didn't do that. So obviously we're not in that scenario, but it would have been something that changed the league, not for the next 10 or 15 years while he's playing forever, irrevocably. 
the the Jaguars probably would have just if they had the number one overall pick, they probably would have just dipped for London at this point. I mean, let let's be honest here. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. I mean, like, like not in a good spot. I like Jacksonville as a city. It's a good football city, and I think it does do its part to earn a football team as a community. They have good fans and everything. Ownership, eh. I live in the Jacksonville area, and as much trash I've talked about Florida, Jacksonville is actually a very nice place. I would love to visit there one day, unironically. Hey, Florida, taxes, baby. Taxes. That's it. That's all. Exactly. Hey, Virginia, hey, Virginia doesn't have taxes either. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't think yes, they do. Yes, sir. I don't know. Way too much time on the most obvious pick of the last 40 years. The Jets, it's got to be Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I I guess... I actually think Justin Fields is better. If we're just going full out here, my quarterback rankings are Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and then Zach Wilson. I have Zach Wilson as the fourth best quarterback in I don't know about that. I know about it. I genuinely feel this way. It's how I feel. I don't blame the Jets. He has a very frenetic, eye-catching way of playing and throwing the ball, if you've ever seen tape of him. He's fun to watch, and in a city like New York, you're going to need fun-to-watch players because people won't give a shit about your team. Two things to say, though. I think Zach Wilson is the type of quarterback who could definitely carry a team because he has that gunslinger mentality, kind of like Brett Favre, where he has Z- he has all the cojones in the world. He will sling a pass into any window. And second of all, I'm also kind of scared for him because pe- we've had this debate before, like which rookie quarterback is most likely to be a bust. First of all, the answer would be Mac Jones. But if you don't consider Mac Jones, honestly, it's probably Zach Wilson because he's going to go to the Jets. Like, if there's any team that could ruin... Even more than Mac Jones. Even more than Mac Jones. Because honestly, there's a chance Mac Jones goes to a team that can just give him a, a great skill set to work with. The Jets would be a team to just ruin Zach Wilson if they don't use him right. But I do trust Robert Sala to use him right because honestly, that guy can motivate a snail to run like Jesse Owens. Oh, I like Robert Sala. I like Mike LaFleur and the staff they've put together. But the culture of a football team ultimately comes from the top. And I do not believe in the top of the Jets. I do not believe in the Johnsons. It seems that there are two distinct groups of most major sports leagues nowadays. There are some outliers, but it's one, the people who legitimately want to invest in the sport and care about the sport and, you know, want to coach up their team and manage their team like a sports team. And then the other group are the business people who just want to get the the attendance money, the merchandising, all that stuff. And they don't care about running a functional football team. They just want the money that being an NFL franchise gives you. A lot of money, and I can't blame them, but I can't necessarily just blame them for that. There's so much more I could blame them for, but that was definitely not the time. So now it's the third pick, and this is honestly when the draft really starts. Like, let's be real, last year the draft didn't really start until it was Detroit's turn, and this year, I don't think the draft really starts until it's San Francisco's turn. So now this is the first time where it might have some diversion. I'll go first. So these reports have come out lately that say the Niners are down to either Trey Lance or Mac Jones. 
And honestly, I think there's a decent chance that's a total smokescreen, and they're just bluffing to take Justin Fields. That's what I'm hoping they're doing for their sake. But I'm going to trust the report, and I think for the Niners, I think Trey Lance will be the move here. And I think he'll go third overall. Oh, I did not think you were going to go that way. Here's the thing. In college, he has his own – apparently he made his own passing protection schemes. There's reports that say Kyle Shanahan has already met with Trey Lance's parents. And I think Shanahan's a really smart coach with great schemes. And Trey Lance is a really smart quarterback. So I think it's a really good fit. Like, I think it would be a better fit than Zach Wilson would be for the Niners. I think if they can – if the Niners – can properly build a scheme to his strengths, I think it would work just fine. Maybe even better than they could with Zach Wilson. I am with you to a degree. I see the Niners. I see all these reports about Mac Jones and Justin Fields and Trey Lance, and I just see their situation. I see that they have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, which obviously has not proven himself to be a reliable starter at this point. So I think if they draft a rookie quarterback, because it still technically is an if at this point, they need to find another. You don't, you don't trade two first round picks to not get a quarterback. I know like it's all but certain, but we also are guys on the ground level. And these are NFL executives that have far more unlocked knowledge than we could ever deign to. Unless, we got into their position 2018 draft for example the first four quarterbacks get picked and then the saints trade up to 14 and give up a first round pick to move they trade up with the packers and basically all the analysts were like you don't give up a first round pick for anything that's not the quarterback and i was like crap they're gonna take lamar jackson and then out of nowhere they took marcus davenport they're technically you know, honestly isn't even that bad like he's okay he's okay he's probably not worth like a trade up into the 14th overall pick if we're being honest like like it was a i don't know if you remember but it was a, a genuine surprise at the time like oh maybe this guy could go in the first you know he's we all kind of i if i remember correctly i had like a second or third round grade on him for the 49ers i can't imagine them trading two first round picks to move up nine spots at third stick anything but a quarterback unless they're in love with jamar chase which like come on yeah i i guess the only real options at, at, at this point there's no real reason to take a uh, soul they just signed trent williams who was getting up there in age i guess there's a case but there it doesn't make sense or as much sense as a quarterback none of the above options make as much sense of as a quarterback so I think they'll have, I, I think their quarterback room rolling into uh, the preseason will be Jimmy G, a reliable veteran, uh, preferably somebody that has a little bit of familiarity with Kyle Shanahan's system. I suggested Matt Schaub a couple days ago, who is, he's 40 years old, but he was with Shanahan and them in Atlanta. And then... Is he retired? No, I don't think so. Either way, I mean, guys can come out of retirement and it's just kind of a, a hypothetical. It's just kind of that mold of guy I, I wanted to, to fill that, you know, backup role so you wouldn't have to thrust a rookie into the starting spot were Jimmy G to get injured and then it comes down to the rookie of course we have three Mac Jones Justin Fields and Trey Lance and 
all the evidence I have in front of me. It just keeps guiding me towards Trey Lance. Okay, I do get how people are underrating him. I understand he played FCS. He he only played one game last year. When I'm evaluating a player, I care far more about intelligence and intangibles and just kind of how they play rather than physical ability. And I know having that raw physical talent can make those guys moldable and you can teach some things. And that's how Bill Belichick approaches a lot of draft decisions. He'll start with extremely raw physical mold who knows the system and can switch around to two or three different positions and just becomes a fucking freak lance number three san francisco i'm right there with you anyways we have four now this is where i would have them trading back with the patriots for them to take the fourth quarterback that's still here however i'm not doing trades and so my backup plan would be for atlanta to take the best defensive player available where if you would ask me a couple months ago i would have said michael parsons but i don't think that's the case anymore and i don't think there's any defensive player that's worth taking this high so Atlanta, I think Atlanta just says, screw it, and takes Kyle Pitts. I have a point there. Atlanta's been kind of one of the more frustrating teams for me to figure out from a draft standpoint. Uh, do you trade back? Do you take a quarterback? Do you take defense? Do you trade into another year entirely? Do you parlay that pick into a much larger deal a la Deshaun Watson, which obviously they can't do now, which that's a whole other thing. But for Atlanta, this is my first trade in my mock. I have Atlanta trading pick number four to Denver for picks number nine, oh. 40, 114, Denver 2022 second, and a Denver 2022 six. Uh, I have this trade comparable to the Jets and Colts Sam Darnold deal in the 2018 draft. That's what I kind of used for a reference. I just... Interesting. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's what I strive to be. Interesting. <laughs> yes, the most interesting... You strive to be the most interesting man in the world. Yes. Um, no, I really, I kind of worked this out and tinkered with this a little bit. Went back and forth on like, what are some real teams who can compete for this? And I just keep going back to Denver. Denver is a really solid team. I know they have some question marks, but they got in a, a bunch of defensive talent this year. Their offense uh, ha has improved greatly in the last few years, and their biggest problem, Drew Locke. Despite how much I like Drew Locke, I think Drew Locke could have success. I wanted the Patriots to take Drew Locke at the end of the first round in 2019. I like Drew Locke a lot, and I think he has some tools that could be unlocked. Really think that if, if this happens, you know, this is crazy shit. For me, in the last five years, no team has frustrated me more than Denver, because I swear to God, I've picked them to make the playoffs every year since, like, 2017. Like, every year I picked them, mm -hmm. they sneak in as a wild card, and I think the year that Mahomes was going to make his first full year start. I think I picked Denver to win the division. Like, I keep thinking they're going to break out. I was like, okay, they have a good defense, and now they got their quarterback. Next year, okay, now they have their quarterback. And then in 2020, I was like, well, they'll get it as a seventh seed. So it's like, they, I'm, I don't know, part of me wants to give Denver one more chance, especially 
if this mock draft mine goes away, it does. I, I don't know about Denver. I, I'm I'm getting sick of picking them every year to make the playoffs, and then occasionally make some noise, and then it just never happens. It feels like they throw they throw seasons away. It feels like yeah. like I look at their talent, but I'm like this team should at least be winning like nine games. This, this team should be in contention. Since Peyton Manning left, has kind of just it just has been Denver existing. It's not them rising high or above expectations. It's definitely them falling below my expectations. I have had them pegged to make the wild card for a while. And I think this is going to be the first season where if they don't pick a quarterback or figure out some real solution, first of all, in the preseason, I'm not going to have them in the playoffs. I already have a couple teams picked out that I have like 10 teams in the AFC ahead of Denver in my eyes that have actually fixed holes. And yeah, Denver's gotten a lot better. They got Kyle Fuller, who worked really well in Chicago and could be utilized just as well in Denver with, with the same staff. And there is some excitement to be had, but it's just gotten to the point where it feels like we're going to let Lock ride and restart here and potentially waste one more season. Or they're just going to say, fuck it. We need to get a quarterback. We're probably not going to draft this high again for a while. We need to kind of move up while we can use our capital proper so we'll see i do think atlanta trades out of this pick but i don't have trades yeah anyway that was interesting let's go to the Bengals. i feel like we're both going to be in agreement here but i think after what you saw happen to joe burrow you can't let that happen again i know burrow likes jamar chase but you can't let what happened to, you can't let it happen again so I'm, I have them taking Sewell from Oregon, the tackle, which for, to me should be obvious, but apparently there's a lot of people that think it's going to be Jamar Chase, which I think is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I, I have Sewell. I have Sewell. They need offensive line help desperately, but the Bengals are also another Raiders-type team where they kind of just quickly patch over holes and just jump from position to position to position filling shit and their whole team never coalesces there's no like mentality with their entire team i mean i'll say this we need to stop sleeping on cincinnati's receivers yeah no no, no. cincinnati's receivers are good they probably should add another one day two they're not great but like they can play you don't need another receiver uh, you know they they have uh oh no no, no. they have uh they have boyd and Higgins, and uh, yeah, and Higgins, and that, that's about it. I think they they do need another good threat. I will say, I, I could see Chase going there just because it's the Bengals, dude, and I, I kind of like the Bengals. I want to root for them, but this is also, it's the Cincinnati Bungles we're talking about, man. Yeah, if there's an obvious ch uh, choice to fuck up, it, it'll be the Bengals doing it. I think this situation with Burrow is very similar to uh, Deshaun Watson getting injured in his rookie season. Uh, same thing, ACL, uh, <laughs> which we can definitely attribute to not having as good of a line in front of them. And I don't think Burrow is, you know, a Deshaun Watson level player. I guess he could be. Uh, he was a 
uh, fucking rookie, and he was placing like top 10 in stats while he was playing and like he was doing really well and even with Herbert I think he probably had a chance to outpace Herbert and maybe get rookie of the year especially with that number one overall pedigree I don't know maybe maybe not there's a chance because he is an excellent quarterback and he he was the number one overall pick and you know I I think there's a lot to be seen from the Bengals in full in the form of quarterback support i mean dude you remember how many times carson palmer got just absolutely massacred by like the ravens and the Steelers? they just fucked that guy up and i just don't believe the Bengals are a team that's willing to change i don't want it to become the same scenario i want it to be a repeat of carson palmer but I think we're just kind of headed nowhere fast. They did draft offensive line two consecutive years in 2018 and 2019. They got uh, Billy Price and Jonah Williams, and I haven't heard a damn thing from either one of them. I just know Jonah Williams, before his rookie year, got hurt and missed the whole season. I don't know Billy Price. It just isn't good. But Yeah, Jonah Williams uh, should be able to slot in as a right tackle. Uh, I, I remember watching some of his tape. It just is since he just that dog shit at medical management that all their guys get hurt and they just kind of let them be hurt like the fucking yankees they're just hurt all the time i think they're just unlucky yeah uh, i could see chase i could see pitts i think Pitts is kind of a middle ground between sewell and chase because he at least gives you some blocking options they don't have a stable tight end uh, and he is a generational talent. So everything could come together if he's still available at five. Uh, but if I am the Bengals, I am taking Sewell first and foremost beyond anything. But we'll see. Now we can move on to Miami at six. This is a very interesting pick. I think in, in my eyes, this is where the draft really starts getting crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're, we might be in agreement here, but I'm all in on the Dolphins just saying, just going best player available and getting Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU. He has room to grow as a route runner, but he's a physical freak of nature. He has great hands. He's one of the. He's easily the best receiver in this class, and the best of attacking the ball and going after the ball, especially when he's being contested. I, I think he's a perfect fit for what the Dolphins want to do on offense to help evolve to us, especially. I think he'd do more for the Dolphins than Sewell would. Like I think even if Sewell's on the board, I think the Dolphins should still take Chase because I think he could help evolve to his game way more in terms of a threat at receiver. No, I, I can agree with you there. I, I, I'm i not going to argue against them taking Sewell. I'll, I'll get it. Uh, they have, I can't remember who's on uh, their offensive line outside of like Austin Jackson, who I know they picked as a right tackle out of USC last year. Uh, I believe it was at 18, which is a good pick. Sewell would be an obvious upgrade. But yeah, you kind of just have to go best player available. At this point, the, the type of defense that would be in range, specifically uh, corners uh, like Sertan and maybe J.C. Horn, uh, like they pale in comparison in terms of physical ability to guys like Jamar Chase, 
or Kyle Pitts, who I actually have falling to six and going to the Dolphins. That might be a little uh, wild for some people. I can definitely see him going to Atlanta. I can see him going to Cincy. But if he's still on the board at Miami, he's gone by six. He, he's gone at six. The Dolphins being able to run a true tight end set with Pitts, Pitts and Gusecki with Devontae Parker as a receiver threat, with Will Fuller in the slot, will Loki be really scary? Be extremely scary. I mean, Gusecki is basically one of those, like, uh, modern tight end slot receiver. I, I don't want to compare him to, like, Kelsey, because he's not as good as Kelsey. He's, like, average-ish at best. But he can definitely still be a contributor. Obviously, having a guy like Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase would open up some room for Gusecki to make some more plays, which would be nice. You absolutely pick Pitts if he's on the board if you're Miami. I just don't think he will be. Yeah, I, I think they have to go Pitts over Chase if they're both available. I think Pitts just brings... Uh, Chase brings a lot, but Pitts is just a more versatile player. He, he, like we've said, he can block. He's a he's a tight end. He can line up literally anywhere on the field. Now that I think about it, if a team trades up with Atlanta and get a quarterback, Pitts might be there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I have you know I have Denver trading up, so I think Pitts may fall a little if if Cincy doesn't take him. Cincy could definitely take him, and I'm not going to be mad at Cincy if they take them. Anyways, we have Detroit up next at seven. Detroit is another case where if they have the opportunity if one of the quarterbacks is still on the board, I think Detroit trades out of this pick. But since I'm not doing trades, I'd say Dolphins are, are, would be best player available. That's a, that's a really good point. Any of the top four available, uh, de uh, Detroit's going down. They're they're trading down with... Maybe Chicago might surprise us. I don't know. New England, I guess. Uh, I guess Chicago could trade up that far, but they would have to give away a, a, a ransom to get up that far. Any any team who wants to trade with them has already got them over a barrel. Like, it, they, they are that desperate. Trading up from 20 to 7 would be a lot. Yeah, and if Detroit can't trade out, I think they... I'd say they, they draft by needs, but, like, they need everything that's not, like... They need everything except, except for, like, center. Like, they have a good center. But other than that, they, need, they, they have a good center and they have a good tight end. I think that's literally it. So, I think they go best player available. I think right now, for my board, that's Devontae Smith. Yeah, they could be okay at quarterback. Jared Goff, give them a year or two, you know, just so you're not destroying the fucking guy. The Lions have always had an okay line, probably, like, bottom 10 in the league normally, but that's, like, 22 or 23. That's not, like, completely awful. I, I think that has to do, in part, with ownership and training methods and all, all that different stuff. Uh, not as, like, absolutely dog shit as, like, Houston or Cincinnati in the O-line department. So they can kind of get away with that. But the big hole that sticks out to me, the, the biggest hole that sticks out to me on Detroit's roster is they have, like, no wide receivers. Uh, Galladay's gone. Marvin Jones is gone. Yeah, their best guy's named Quintus Cephas. Quintus Cephas is actually, he is a good player. He got drafted late because he had uh, some allegations around him come time of draft and they they ended up being i believe they were found unfounded i apologize if i'm incorrect but that is my belief honestly uh i remember quintus cephas was uh but 
he was supposed to be like a round two or three guy. Like he was, he was good, but you know how, how the cookie crumbles. I just think they need wide receiver the more than anything. And they have this tradition of throwing wide receivers into the wood chipper. So I have them going Jamar chase. Uh, I really think, yeah, he's still on the board for me. Um, and this is where I think the potential first overall pick stops flat. I think we really do have seven guys in varying years and situations who could potentially qualify as number one overall picks. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Zach Wilson. Uh, Trey Lance could. Uh, maybe if there's one or maybe two other good quarterbacks in the class. Justin Fields, obviously, I like him a lot. He's my second favorite QB in the class. Penny Sewell, uh, offensive line, for the most part, you can't go wrong with unless there's some absolutely glaring flaw in their game, and I don't see that in Sewell's game. Kyle Pitts is, again, a generational talent. He could be, I don't know if, I don't believe he'd be the first tight end taken first overall. I, I'm sure there was one in like the 50s or some shit. And then Jamar Chase is one of those receivers who's just special enough to be taken number one overall. Uh, in another year, probably a year devoid of quarterback talent at the top. Uh, and after this, it kind of gets a little weird. All right. Yeah, Heisman winner, you can't see. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong with, with him. Uh, people are uh, all, like, they're criticizing, like, his weight and size and everything. But, dude, Alabama is about as pro-ready as you're going to get for a college guy. And they have some of the best sports science facilities known to man. They put so much time and energy and taxpayer dollars into like forming these guys into their peak physical condition. My question is, why the fuck is everybody freaked out about his size then? If he needed to be 20 pounds bigger at this point in his career, Nick Saban and Alabama would have figured out a way to make that happen and, and restructured his diet and fucking made him sleep 12 hours a day. Yeah, and honestly, like, Tyree Kill was small, and he's a, one of the best shooters in football. I think it's so dumb that he wins a Heisman Trophy, gets, like, 1,800 receiving yards, and people are like, oh, well, his calves are small, wide receiver three, like, get out of here. What, I think he is far better than, maybe not far better, but he's definitely better than uh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I, I really do like the guy as a prospect. I, I can I think he I think he can just do more than Waddle, first of all. He he's my wide receiver too behind Jamar Chase. Like you can't you just can't get much better than Jamar Chase at this point. And honestly, in other years, Devonta Smith has, I guess, could have a case as a number one overall pick, but like I don't like that's a little bullshitty, you know. That that's a little too far for my taste. And I do have him falling and being the third wide receiver picked, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But I think people are going to regret that one for a long time to come. We have Carolina at eight. Obviously, got Sam Darnold. They have Teddy Bridgewater serving quite literally as a bridge quarterback at the moment, kind of filling in the gaps. He, he knows the system, but Sam Darnold, Honestly, he'll probably, uh, like, I could definitely see Sam Darnold being named the starter week one. Like, there's no reason he can't be 
the starter week, but week one, he has NFL experience. Uh, he has some familiarity with players on the team. He has chemistry with like Robbie Anderson and all that. Like he, he can be the week one starter. He's not a rookie quarterback. He, he has experience. What I wanted while that was for the Panthers to get Justin Fields, because that would have been an awesome combination. I think Justin Fields plays a lot like Cam Newton. I think that would have been a great fit with Matt Rowe and McCaffrey. But that's out the goddamn window. The Panthers traded for Darnold, and I think if they didn't do that, he'd still be on the board and take it eight. But since you traded for Darnold, they clearly trust him enough to send significant draft capital. So I think they should invest in protecting him. And they should get Rayshon Slater, the Northwestern tackle. Even though they're again, just like just like the Falcons, I think they, they should be prioritizing defense, but there's no defensive players that are worth taking. Like they have access in my board, they have access to every single defensive player, but like who there's no one worth taking except maybe certain. But corner's not exactly a pressing need as much as it is to protect Arnold. Just a one-year turnaround of the Panthers' defense. Highly impressive. I called. I, I, I claim credit. I don't give a shit. I called that Jeremy Chin was going to be good. I had him as a, a dark horse defensive rookie of the year, obviously placing second. I was far more impressed with uh, the rise that Jeremy Chin took. I'm going to be very excited to watch him. I was ve- already very excited to watch Carolina going into last year with Matt Rule and Robbie Anderson and, and Bridgewater. I like Bridgewater a lot. And I kind of came over when he came over, if I'm being honest. And it, it opened me up to... Carolina, I definitely think they can be a playoff team as is this year. I, I think it, it could be a stretch. Uh, it might be tough. They'll probably end up, you know, six, seven seed or barely miss it like the Dolphins did this year, but with a positive record and ultimately heading in the right direction. We'll we'll, we'll see on all of that. Yeah, I can't like you look at their division and it's weird. You know, I have Slater. I also have Slater. All right, on to the team that beat them at Super Bowl 50, Denver. Uh, I want to hear who you have to say first. Well, this is where I had my trade. Uh, I had Atlanta at this spot now uh, at nine. Uh, and I have them going. They they just, Atlanta needs defense unless they're picking, you know, Kyle Pitts or one of these best player available type guys. They need defense. And Patrick Sertan, the second is a fantastic place to start. I think I compared him to the Donovan Mitchell of the NFL. He's just grown up around football his entire life. He's just honed his skills to the point where where he's just very natural, very fluid on the football field. You'll, You'll see that if you ever watch tape of him. He's not like the freak athlete. He doesn't have like, like the, the whole argument between him and like Caleb Farley before Caleb Farley uh, got hurt was Caleb Farley had like the quick twitch and just the speed and like all the, all the physical attributes. Sertan has all the intangibles and mental attributes. And I, I think he can genuinely become a really special player in the NFL. Uh, I think we need to, Hone down our expectations to a place of reasonability with 
Patrick Sertan and understand he's still a kid, but he's also a kid who has a superstar corner as a father who played at literally the most prestigious college football school ever in history as it's lockdown corner like he can be really good and it's going to be very important for atlanta to get some cornerstones to this defense they have dean pease coming in i assume he's probably only going to be there for a couple years just at you know helping out his buddy arthur smith from tennessee but it's it's going to be important to get those foundational guys in now so we can kind of train up another defensive coordinator in that system, maybe one of the position coaches, kind of elevate them to defensive coordinator and have everybody kind of stirring in the pot. And when we really need that defense to just be on fire, when Matt Ryan's kind of on the downslide, we're trying to train up a corner, uh, a new quarterback, and Julio's on his way out. All the franchise cornerstones the Falcons have had for the last 10 or so years that are going to be fading away. That defense needs to be strong. And Patrick Sertan is a guy who can fill that hole. I know they went corner, was it last year? They went corner at, I believe off the top of my head, it was uh, first round 16. It was AJ Terrell from Clemson, who was like, eh, he's all right. He could probably grow and, but it's it's a different regime. And let's see, Let, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Sertain's journey is weird. He went from the best cornerback in the draft to behind Ford and Farley and back to best cornerback during the draft again. But anyway, you had a trade with Atlanta for Atlanta. I did not. So this is still Denver's pick. And I'll just say Denver's sitting here licking their chops because, in my opinion, the number two quarterback just fell right into their lap. And it's Justin Fields from Ohio State. We've, already, we've talked about how, how you, you think. We both think he's better than Zach Wilson. He has the athleticism. He has the decision-making. He has the drive to win. Like, I think he, he checks off most of the boxes. He, he did beat Trevor Lawrence head-to-head in the playoffs. So I, I, think he, I think he's built for the NFL. I think he is another Cam Newton. And that type of versatility at quarterback with the athleticism and the decision-making, that's something that Denver's needed since Peyton Manning. And I think they can get that here. I don't know if Denver's going to get him because a team could trade up and snag him unless Denver beats them to it. But I think, but I think if Denver gets, I think if Denver gets him, I, God, gosh, dare I say it, I think they're a playoff team, a fringe six, seven seed, maybe sneak into the wild card, and maybe pull off an upset against like a two or a three seed. Maybe. Yes, people's whole gripe with him is that his progressions. Like, if you watch his tape, his progressions are too methodical. That's that's what I'm getting, I guess. That's kind of how the, like, I don't fucking get that. That's how the Ohio State offenses run. One, two, three. That's the whole deal. And I understand, like, Fields needs to get a little gunslinger in him. Denver is a good place to go because he'll he, he's working directly with John Elway, but, like, John Elway's still in the building. He's a fucking gunslinger. It's not like he won't give the guy any advice at all. Like, and I, I think to an extent, maybe Ohio State's offense was holding him back a little bit in that regard. It, it was certainly helping him with stats and shit. I hate the argument that, oh, he's not going to be good. Look at the other Ohio State quarterbacks. Like, 
what kind of argument is that? What what Texas Tech court? What Texas Tech quarterback was good before Mahomes? What Bama quarterback has ever been good? Like, I hate that argument. I mean, yeah, he's in a system that might not translate, but we all said the same thing about Cam Newton. What LSU quarterback before Burrow? Uh, yeah, uh, who who the fuck was at Auburn before Cam Newton? I guess you had, uh, I want to say Justin Herbert. They were saying the same thing about Herbert. They were saying the same thing about Herbert. Well, Oregon hasn't had any good, Oregon has had any good quarterback since Dan Fouts. But, like, it's it's completely different regimes. Like, it's not... People thought Cam Newton was in an offense that wasn't going to translate. And people said the same thing about Steve McNair when he was entering the draft. So that's such a stupid argument. You act like he doesn't know how to pick up a playbook and study it. He was the number one recruit out of out of high school when he was during that phase of his career. Like, I, oh, my God. Denver would have to adjust their playbook a little bit to fit his skill set but they don't have to do anything in terms of weapons. The uh, argument of ex-quarterback is not going to be good because he went to Y school, and Y school has never had any other good quarterbacks. That I, I That is the argument that just kills me the most uh, uh, during the draft process. It's like, that's not how that works. It's about the individual prospect and how they fit into the NFL landscape. Not about their fucking school, not about how uh, their mother raised them, not about what fucking cereal they, who cares? Dude, yeah, yeah, and everyone gave Justin Herbert crap because no Oregon quarterback can be good. They're like, all you have is Dan Fouts 50 years ago, so? Like, that doesn't matter. Texas Tech didn't have anything before Mahomes. When I hear that argument, I just think of, at like the beginning of Moneyball, where they're all sitting around the conference table, and they're all talking about like, oh, this this prospect's girlfriend is blonde. We should draft him instead of the uh, one who dates the brunette. Oh, this guy is from fucking Texas. Uh, th- this guy loves watches and shit and has a, has a flair for the dramatic. I don't fucking know. It's all the stupid shit that people are just throwing darts at the wall when it comes to scouting. And it ultimately, it doesn't mean anything. If the prospect is good, you can get good NFL quality talent at fucking division three schools. Yeah. And then, and then Dan Orlovsky tried to say a character. She's like, Matt Jones is the one with DOI charges. Like get out of here. Yeah. Like you said, they're just throwing shit at the wall at field trying to, and his stock has dropped for like no reason. I think it's so, so dumb. He is easily, he is so much better than Lance and Mac Jones. And honestly, I think he's better than Zach Wilson, and you seem to agree, but that's kind of one of those things where... You do Zach Wilson where he is, you know, I guess on the upside, he's like a Brett Favre, he's a he's a gunslinger, he's got all this shit, uh, but Zach Wilson has some... Like, people are confer- comparing him to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, and it's just like, I think your expectations are too high for this guy. He He needs to be tamed a little. I think Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are kind of two. They're like the yin and yang, and Justin Fields is not gunslinger enough in a regard, and Zach Wilson is too gunslinger. They're at middle point where they kind of learn their way through the NFL and figure it out. Zach Wilson's ceiling is probably Brett Favre, if it's all perfect. His floor is probably Jameis Winston. 
But you know what I think, like, where, where we can find, like, common ground? I think he could be, like, Baker Mayfield as, like, a gunslinger. Yeah, that that's true if he's able to, you know, uh, or Mike LaFleur, I apologize, definitely is a good offensive coordinator. On the ground level, it could work. Like, it, it, it could work. It's, it's a big could, though. Anyways, we've gone far too deep on the number nine pick to the point we're talking about a quarterback that's been gone for a quarter of the round at this point. So let's move on to number 10. We have Dallas. You you have Sertain off the board to Atlanta. I, I have Sertain going here. You had him going to Atlanta at nine with that trade. But yeah, Dallas, people are talking about how Dallas could trade up for Cal Pitts. They were 32nd in defense. The last thing they should be worried about is luxury offensive pieces. Their porous defense would be very nice. I could definitely see Dallas getting like maybe trading up in the second. Like this, this is a stretch. Maybe trading up in the second for like a Pat Vryermuth, uh, the baby Gronk guy. He's easily the second best tight end in this class. And I think if Kyle Pitts didn't overshadow him, he'd probably be a first round pick at this point. Low first round pick, but he, he, he's a very good quality prospect. That's kind of a stretch. They definitely need more defense than just another tight end to throw in the wood chipper. So I could see them going maybe a little later, maybe at their pick in the second round going, I don't know. Uh, I guess the next best tight ends in the class are like Tommy Tremble and Hunter, uh, Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, I believe. And then Hunter Long is from BC, if I remember correctly, third or fourth round grades on those guys. So picking them at second would be high. So draft defense first and second, get a tight end in the third or fourth. Like that's, that's, that's a good game plan for Dallas to have. Uh, for my pick for Dallas, I have uh, I have Dallas going uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina. He's At this point, he's my second best cornerback. Him going back-to-back with Sertan might be a little controversial. Uh, for a while, I had picking Rashawn Slater because he would have given them good offensive line depth. But ultimately, I think that the defense outweighs the offense in terms of need. I know Jerry loves drafting offense in the first so fucking much. But, you know, they, they really need defense, like desperately need defense. Uh, are we ready to move on to New York Giants? Yeah, yes, and this might be a, a pick that might piss some people off. Because honestly, in my opinion... The Giants would just sit there at 11 and hope someone like Pitts might follow them somehow. But if not, they would trade out and then get an edge rusher in like the mid to late first round. But I got to pick somebody and I'm going to pull the trigger on Elijah Vera Tucker at 11, which is probably high. But I think that's for them is their biggest need. Because I think the Giants are a team that should draft based on need. They have their defense was pretty good for like no reason last year. So I think they should address the O line to especially help. Daniel Jones and Saquon says he's going to be coming back too. So, so they're going to have to address that part of the ball too. I think they kind of didn't take the run as seriously after they lost Saquon. So they can add that element back once Saquon's back. And I think getting a tackle slash guard, like a versatile O lineman to kind of maybe you can move him around game by game and see what fits best. That would be huge for their offensive development. I can definitely see that. Vera Tucker is probably where they would go at that spot. The offensive lineman I have left on my board, uh, 
the, the most notable ones are Farrah Tucker and Christian Derrissaw. And Christian Derrissaw is more of a left tackle, if I remember correctly, than a right tackle. And if you had him at, at right, you'd kind of have to slide uh, Perte in, in to guard. And I don't know, we've obviously been talking to our buddy Mark about that. He says, honestly, I know he has his moments, but I kind of believe him when he says the O-line can survive not picking uh, an O-line prospect in the first. Probably wait until, you know, the second and the third. Maybe, but I think if the opportunity is there to make it even better with Saquon coming back, I think they have to take it. Yeah, I I, I get you. I, I think, but at this point in the draft, you can probably get somebody who's not going to affect your, your bottom line in the second or third. Like, it's kind of either, I, I guess I'm a little lower on some of the offensive linemen in this than other people. But like, if I'm drafting a, a tackle or a guard combo, whatever, like getting Leatherwood in like the early second for the Giants would be a pretty good damn value deal. And I'm going to cut that part up. But I do have the Giants picking uh, Jalen Waddle at 11. I know it might be a little controversial, and I do plan to change my draft uh, before Thursday. Ultimately, this is kind of where I get a little more uncertain as we go. Uh, if anything, I might swap them out for Devonta Smith because they kind of already have the number one receiver in Galladay. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Anyways, now we have the number 12 pick. Eagles fans are very upset about that trade they made because I heard a lot of people say... They're like, I'm not mad with moving down six spots to get a first-round pick. They said what I'm mad about is that I don't have a GM I can trust to pick a good player at 12 when he could have just stayed at six and just Jamar Chase would be right there. And they're taking a big risk by moving down to 12 because some of the players are like easily get picked. But I have heard reports that say they want to jump ahead of Dallas and take a corner, but since they can't do that here, they're 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 damn lucky because Jalen Waddle fell right in their lap, so they're gonna get Waddle. I'm hoping they knowing them, they're gonna screw it up and pick like Elijah Moore at twelve. But Waddle lands in their lap. I think I don't think the Eagles can afford to pass him up, so they go ahead and snag their actual wide receiver one because Jalen Rigor definitely isn't the wide receiver one. So I think getting Waddle and Rigor Rigor still isn't that horrible. But Waddle, Rigor, and maybe Travis Fulgham at the three would be really good for Jalen Hurts. So I think that's the direction. That's actually, you know, supporting your quarterback for once in your fucking life, Eagles, maybe. Maybe a good idea. Y'all haven't given a fuck about your quarterbacks. Um, it's just a trade for Terrell Owens to help McNabb. Yeah, and they, they all hate McNabb now, and that's a whole other thing. And, that, and, that, and yeah, and, and he's... And everyone hates McNabb and Philly. Yeah, I kind of mean this in the nicest way possible. There are some Vareles fans, but, like, the aggressive, the, the dog mash people can go fuck themselves. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I just, I'm, I try to be a diplomat, but, like, they, they don't fucking know what they're talking about. I don't, I'm not saying I have a much better idea about the NFL than they do, you know, just relative to, like, the knowledge of an NFL GM. But, like, they can go fuck themselves. 
Uh, they don't know what team building is. I get the Howie Roseman doubt. I have a lot of doubt in Howie Roseman, which is why my selection is kind of interesting here. I'm intrigued. Lay it on me. I have heard some interesting rumors, and I have a trade here. I have Philadelphia trading the number 12 pick to Chicago for the 20th pick, the 52nd pick, and Chicago's 2022 third. I have this comparable to the Steelers-Broncos-Devin Bush deal in 2019. You can also call it the Noah Fant deal if you want. I think, uh, really, you probably could get more out of Chicago, but I felt this was at least somewhat conservative, not too crazy bullshit, whatever. It's one pick for three picks. And the selection is for Mac Jones. Okay, I guess the Chicago picking them. They, they they are stupid and they don't know how to evaluate talent and they would trade up for fat AJ McCarron. I, 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 can, I, I can get behind that. It's the Bears, man. Like, if it was a competent team, no, I wouldn't have them trading up like this. But it's it's the Bears, and they're desperate for some sort of quarterback. I guess if they were listen, if they were smart, which they're they're fucking not at this point. All I've heard from Bears fans is pain for my entire fucking life since the Rex Grossman years. It's just gotten worse because they actually went to a Super Bowl with fucking Rex Grossman, and they're just dog shit now. Here's the cycle: of the Bears. Be shit for a long time, be really good for a short period of time with a dominant defense, then go back to being shit, repeat the process. That is the Bears since 85. They'll be awesome, they'll be awesome for a couple of years because of their defense. Like in 2001, they had a 13 win season. And um, oh, in like the mid 2000s, they had a really good defense. Like they'll be awesome for a little bit. And in 2018, they'll, they'll have a one or two years of being sick, and then they'll immediately go back down to being in the lower half of the league because they have management and ownership that doesn't they either don't care or don't know what they're doing. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that if they get Mac Jones this year, it's not the worst-case scenario for them. Absolutely not. They should fire Matt Nagy. They should fire Ryan Pace. And hopefully they stumble upon like a, a few good decision makers because they have a good defense at the moment. It's kind, They're already kind of cannibalizing it for parts and money and shit. So it might be tough to get a Mac Jones and Khalil Mack led team back to the playoffs and potentially to somewhere around like losing a conference championship game, losing a Super Bowl, you know. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones, if we're being honest. E- even if they get, like, a really good coach and a really good front office, like, they they just kind of cap themselves out with Mac Jones just as, as their quarterback. And, and it's the Bears fucking process is just handicapping constantly. So, yeah, so now for you, all four quarterbacks are off the board. All five quarterbacks are off the board. All right, well, with that, let's head on to the Chargers and get going. I, I think this should be a quick one. To, I'll, I'll, I want to say this with the Chargers before we announce our picks. There is no excuse to not make the playoffs unless they get injured again because that team is so loaded on both sides of the ball. And their new coach, I like. Like, Brandon Staley, there's no reason he won't end up in, like, I think his cap at the moment is going to be, like, uh, for his first year, 
is going to be like they're looking to him to be a Kevin Stefanski with the Browns almost and, you know, lead them into the playoffs, maybe get a good win, maybe two. I think they're trying to get him to be like their own McVay. Anyways, the Chargers are loaded, and at this point, you may as well protect Herbert. So I have them getting a Darisaw right here. I have Darisaw too. They need a left tackle. They they got Corey Lindsley as a center. They got Matt Filer as a uh, guard. Uh, they, they don't need, like, they don't need to, like, fill that with Elijah Vera Tucker. They, they need a tackle and they need a left tackle and Darashaw can definitely be that guy for now. Okay. So that, that, I think that's all we need to say about the chargers. They need a line. Um, let's speed ahead. Vikings. This might be a little bit high for the first edge rusher to go off the board, but their pass rush was so atrocious last year. I think they have to address it, even if it means reaching a little bit. So I think they're going to get quitty pay the edge rusher from Michigan, which I think is a good scheme fit. I think it's what they're looking for. Not only can – he's not the best at getting sacks, but he's really good at stopping the run. Hey is more of a run stopper than anything, but he can he can do both if he's pulled to. And I, and I know Mike Zimmer gives him key, but I do trust him to use him right. So I think Quiddy Pay would be the best fit for what the Vikings want to do on defense. No, I really like uh, Mike Zimmer's scheming. He's He's always been a very – elusive guy to follow on the field he he just it's almost art how he works the defense and it was kind of sad to just have that defense just not be good last year uh, because of their personnel it's just kind of sucked to see and uh they definitely need defense uh i think that along with the waddle pick uh to the giants is going to be one I'm going to rethink a lot for my uh, final mock draft on Thursday. But at the moment, I have them picking Elijah Vera Tucker uh, from USC. I think he's a very versatile guy on the inside. I, I, I have my doubts. Again, I'm kind of shaky on this one. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, I could see them going a few different directions, if I'm being honest, and that just seems like a decent, safe pick to me. Uh, we can uh, we can just move past that. Yeah. Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to trade up and get one of the quarterbacks of Atlanta. I think that trade would involve them giving Atlanta like their next year's first and some mid-run picks, but can't do that. They're stuck here at 15, and I was debating here for a while, but there's apparently rumors about them maybe, not rumors, but people are saying maybe they should deal Gilmore. Like, I, you're a Patriots fan. Was Gilmore, like, not as good in 2020? No, he he really is good. Uh, he, he I mean, you know, he wasn't, like, defensive player of the year again, uh, if we're being honest, but he was still fantastic. Uh, we have some replacements uh, we could look to JC Jackson looks fucking fantastic. Uh, and anyone who wants to trade him away is talking out of their ass. I believe it was Bill Barnwell on ESPN. He was doing a all trades mock draft. I say very sarcastically doing the air quotes motions with my hand. Uh, 
and it had him, I believe it was him, uh, it was the Patriots trading up to Atlanta for the fourth, and it had us giving away J.C. Jackson. We've got a, a guy who could develop into a very talented corner, and we're trading him away instead of the veteran uh, who we're going to have to pay, who we're not going to pay, almost certainly not going to pay. I'm going to make a last-second audible on my pick because on, on my paper, I have written down J.C. Horn corner, but now that I think about it, that would be a terrible idea. Say I have Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, and Jonathan Jones. That's like the last thing they need. Yeah, so I'm going to do a last-second audible. I'm going to pull the trigger on – I'm going to pull the trigger on Micah Parsons. That might be Micah con- Parsons. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I think the Patriots are trading No, up. I'm – I'm kind of between Micah Parsons and my actual pick. It's kind of a matter of whether these guys fall to us or not. I think we they're definitely good picks, good good guys who can fit our scheme. Uh, and I have us picking Devonta Smith. I have him falling to 15. It might be a little controversial, and I think that's one I'm I'm going to have to rethink. Because I just like I have him here at fifteen. I'm looking at my computer, my my notes, looking at this, and I'm just like, I don't think he falls. I don't think I can justify this. I don't think I don't think Smith falls. I don't. I, I honestly think the Eagles will take him in your mock if if that Mac Jones trade were to not happen. Yeah, I, I don't know about the Bears trade either. I might have to rethink that one. I I, I like it. It's funny. I'm I'm not fucking trade. I'm not changing the Atlanta one. I'm not changing the fucking Atlanta trade. I don't give a shit. Chicago is definitely dumb enough. Oh yeah, it's it's just an opportunity that I saw to take a shit on a poverty team at this point. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I might sound like a heartless asshole, like, but I don't really care. If there's one thing I like, if there's one thing I like, it's taking shit on poverty teams. So I, I can't disagree. Oh, but yeah. Moving on to Arizona. I mean, you're a Ravens fan. It's in your blood. Sh- shut up. <laughs> oh, man. I had to get something. I had to get something for that. Kiss my hey, three straight postseason first. All right. The Cardinals. Oh, shut the fuck up. Kiss my. Kiss my fucking 19 straight and my six Super Bowls, you dick. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, my man lives in Vegas. He's a Patriots fan. Feel free to call him a bandwagon. Oh, I'm not a bandwagon. Oh, yeah. I don't give a oh, yeah. That sounds like something a bandwagon would say. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> hey, aren't you, uh, aren't you the uh, guy from Florida who's a racist? That's not, that's not. That's not the there. <laughs> I'm leaving that part good. in. I'm leaving. I'm leaving all be, of this in. I hope you know. Be my guess. Be my guess. This is elite content. Uh, okay. okay. All right. Let's move on to the Cardinals at 16. The Cardinals were one of my teams that I wanted to make the playoffs as like a six or a 70 seed. Uh, Last year, we'll, we'll kind of have to see how that goes. This year, it they've signed a bunch of weird veteran deals, J.J. Watt and A.J. Green being one of them, uh, or two of them, I should say. Uh, I 
think one of the guys from the athletic, I believe it was maybe Dane Brugler, uh, who's their draft expert, a very smart guy. Uh, I highly recommend listening to, listening to him. But uh, he said that the J.J. Watt deal to the Cardinals kind of indicated the uh, hourglass flipping on Cliff Kingsbury's tenure with the Cardinals. It's a, a hard win now move, and that if they won't be able to prove some sort of tangible success, playoff success, by the time the J.J. Watt contract is over, which is uh, two years, incredibly short amount of time, it seems, with uh, a team that does not seem completely put together. I have a lot of larger questions about the Cardinals, uh, but, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, I think one of the big questions we have is obviously their defense, their secondary specifically. I mean, these were the guys who trotted out Pat Pete after just grinding him to the bone for like nine seasons and let him leave to Minnesota, which which could end up being a very good value signing. I, I'm keeping an eye on that one. Speaking of Patterson Peterson, my man's going to be rocking the number seven in Minnesota, which is going to be awesome. Are you for real? I'm being serious. Apparently he's switching to seven. Go back to what he wore at LSU, which is going to be sick. Oh, God. In in the purple and yellow again, a seven. Oh, God. That looks great. Yes. And if I had money, I would buy that jersey. I don't care. Who do you have Arizona picking? I have Arizona picking Greg Newsom, the second cornerback. uh, Northwestern. All right. That's great. Which is uh, now two Northwestern picks. I've seen some oh, of his yeah, tape. He yeah, looks kind of. He looks good. That's honestly. now two Northwestern picks in the top half of the draft, which is really good for Pat Fitzgerald's program. That'll never happen again. That's <laughs> for fucking sure. Yeah, yeah, probably not. If we're yeah. being honest. Uh, yeah, Patrick Peterson. Two hours ago. Two hours ago, Patrick Peterson changed his profile picture of him in a Vikings jersey with the number seven. It said purple rain in the. Oh LS7. my god! That's gonna be so cool. That's right. too cool. Like the Vikings, uh, I don't want to get my hopes up again. I, I like the Vikings a lot. I've liked the Vikings for a while. I yes. was on the Teddy Bridgewater train and came over to New Orleans a little bit, and then definitely Carolina, like I said before. Uh, We're getting off topic. We're like, getting off topic. I like Minnesota. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know people who like Minnesota. I, I want to yeah. get excited about Minnesota. I'm just scared. You know how it is. Anyways. Arizona, very hard team to predict where they land at the moment. Greg Newsom, the second, great pick. Uh, the Raiders, yep. go ahead, my friend. All right, so now, for, for the record, I do have them picking uh, J.C. Horn, corner from South Carolina. However, I want to put this out there. This is like my, my B pick. Uh, if, if they pick this guy, I'm claiming it as my right pick. I'm allowed to do this. We all know how the Raiders are. If you're big and you're fast, that's who you're picking. And we all thought that would change when Al Davis died, but it didn't. So they still do. There is a safety. 
There is a safety from Virginia Tech named Divine Divine Diablo. That is his name. He is the Holy Devil. Like <laughs> that's his name, Holy Devil. So <laughs> let me let me pull this up just this guy. Like, Holy shit! This guy's probably projected this guy's to a be. Free. This guy's probably projected to go in like the third round, but he is six foot three, two hundred twenty-seven pounds. Okay, and his forty time was a four-four-two. Tell me that. Tell me the Raiders will not take him in the first round. Oh, the Raiders would love that guy. So I'm Absolutely. just my official pick. My official pick is J.C. Horn, but I, I'm just saying if they pick Divine Diablo from Virginia Tech, I called it. Okay, I'm putting that out there now. I'm claiming credit oh if they God. do it. I'm claiming the pick is J.C. So, Horn, but I'm claiming credit if it's Diablo, if it's the Holy Devil. <laughs> Hey, I, I, if you call that, I, I, I can't not give it to you. Uh, the, okay, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, the official hometown team. Oh, my God. Yeah, Raiders they, fan. They, 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 yeah, Patriots fan. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, fuck, I don't give a shit about the Raiders, if I'm being honest. Like, they're okay, I guess. I, I'm, I'm extremely frustrated with, like, all of their decisions, like all of them. Uh, but I don't really, I, I, I don't know, man. So who's I just pick? keep going back to like, they just draft 15 years in the past and they only, I mean, not only, but for the most part, they just draft from like, Alabama, Clemson, and a little bit of Ohio State thrown in there. Uh, and like that's just John Gruden's thing at this point. I mean, yeah, I uh, how stand, long has he been I can't coach? Stand the idea. Like, this, this is his third year, I believe. I cannot stand the notion that John Gruden's like, I'm going to bring the game back to 1998. No, that's not how it works. Get with the times. There's That's a reason not how it works, dude. There's a there's a reason why this team has less winning seasons since 03 than the Browns. Okay. The Browns since 03, the Browns have had two winning seasons. The Raiders have had one. That, that's why, dude. This isn't nineteen seventy-six. Get with the times. You need to they don't they don't scout properly. They're they're yeah, just they're just delusional. Consider the the Raiders is a better team than the Browns, uh, a lot, which is ridiculous. But like, which is ridiculous, by the that's way. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, but yeah, you, uh, but you know they they had that one really good season before Derek Carr got hurt. Uh, but yeah, I have yeah, them picking yeah. Alabama defensive tackle Christian Barmore. Barmore, I don't know. Um, just they. Like, they're just not a team who, like, fills their needs properly. They're always just a team who is obsessed with, like, getting the the newest shiny thing. And I think uh, a reach on Barmore, which is not nearly as egregious of a reach as, like, picking Clellan Farrell at four... Barmore is probably like a late first round, maybe early second round pick. I'd say he's pretty safely a, a 
late first round guy at this point. He's the best uh, interior D lineman in the class uh, outside of like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Levi on Wuzuriki. I'm probably fucking that up, but the, the kid from Washington, he's really good too. And we'll talk right. about him a little bit later. But like, that's a very, Barrymore is a very Raiders pick. And now we get past the pain of dealing with the fucking Raiders. Let's move on to Miami, a team who's actually trending in the right direction. A more, um, well, what am I looking for? A more stable team with more structure, more promise, the Dolphins. Now, this is a bit of an off-the-board pick because the Dolphins are also one of those teams that are definitely in best player available mode because they do have a lot of talent and they're incredibly well coached. I'm a huge Brian Flores fan, but you, you might as if you're going to go all in on Tua, may as well protect him. So let's get my man Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State to pr- try to protect his blind side, try to make his life a little easier. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, right tackle is going to be very important them more important than it is for literally any other nfl franchise for obvious reasons too is is the only left-hander i i i know he's the only left-handed starter he might be the only left-handed quarterback in the league remember correctly uh i have them going in a slightly yeah yeah uh oh and tebow was too but he sucks you know yeah, yeah, kind of. He had potential, but that's that's a different story for another day. Uh, something I'd probably like to get into much later. Uh, but, I mean, I, I have them just going best player available at this point, uh, which is Micah Parsons. I would have him going to New England if New England didn't take to Smith, I definitely know I need to rework this mock uh, now that I get to this point, but that's kind of the fun of the game here. Um, Michael Parsons is an elite level athlete who's only fallen this far because of quote-unquote behavioral issues. There's been hazing incidents. There's been uh, I don't I, I don't want to say anything that I don't know for sure, but I know for sure there's been allegations of, of the hazing. Uh, and there was some other stuff, but I don't want to speak on something I don't remember exactly. You know, this is a little off topic, but I'm really tempting to make my official pick for the Raiders to find Diablo. I kind of want to pull the trigger and make it like my official, official pick. Honestly, fuck it. I'm doing Why it. Not? You know what? I take it, J.C. Horn can go fuck himself. The Raiders will pick Divine Diablo, safety from VTech, 17th overall. He's probably projected to go in, like, the third. I don't care. J.C. Horn is still on the board for me. Screw it. Diablo's... Honestly, I, I... While we're on him real quick, I, I've seen a little bit of tape from Diablo. Like, like he's good. He's, he's a really good athlete, and if he went to the right team... He could work out as an NFL starting safety, especially as safeties start to gain more importance in this league over, you know, having uh, another middle linebacker. Just have fucking three safeties. It's what the Browns are kind of going. 
towards, and I can gush about the fucking Browns all day at this yep. point, but who can't at this point? Uh, exactly. But it's the exactly. Raiders. It's the Raiders. You anyway, know. you have Parsons. Uh, On to another team that's pretty um, stable right now, Washington. Seemingly when they ditched their old name. Surprisingly so. Surprisingly slow. They ditched their dysfunction when they ditched their name. It seems like they finally have, they're they're in the right direction. I don't know if it has something to do with Oh, hell no, dude. It's all going to fall apart. Like, it's, uh, listen, here's what's going (laughs) to happen. Everybody's, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I try not to be this guy, but here's what's going to fucking happen. Everybody's (laughs) going to be like, oh, our defense is is really fucking good. Let's go for a playoff spot. Let's upgrade the offense, whatever. And then they're just not going to do that. They're going to do some Uh weird shit. And then they're going to lose, and everybody's going to be pissed off again, and everybody's going to be throwing out fucking allegations against Dan Snyder. The cycle does not fucking end with Washington football team. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to start well. They're going to start the season like 6-3, and 6-4. and four. They're going to look pretty good. And then all of a sudden, they're going to have the other new names. They're going to be the <laughs> they're going to be the Washington Foreskin. And the logo is their old logo with a potato instead of the, <laughs> instead of the person. And then they're just going to lose out. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, oh, my gonna God. The, <laughs> they're going to be the Foreskin. <laughs> It's going to be a potato. The the 6-11 Washington foreskins. They're going to immediately start (laughs) losing again. And they're going to go go right back to where they were about four years ago. But anyway, in all seriousness. I love it. In all seriousness, I I think this is where Mac Jones goes. Might be a little off the wall, but I do think okay. Washington, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good veteran to learn from. I, I, they did keep Heineke, but let's be real. That's for a backup role. Maybe Washington thinks he's the future. And they do have some good offensive pieces to maybe give him with. They have McLaurin. I think they got the best low-key signing, which is Curtis Samuel. They still have Antonio Gibson. Their O-line is kind of bad, but I think they can address that in the second round. And I think they'll put faith in Mac Jones. And you know what? If, if Mac Jones becomes a pro bowler, I will eat the biggest pile of shit because I am a huge hater. I don't see it. <laughs> no, I, think he's I be, um, like always kind of accurate. Like, cool, know. dude. He's, mm, he's, oh my God, he's AJ McCarron, dude. But you know what? I'm kind you know of what? at a similar spot. Uh, uh, Washington, like, <sighs> People freaking out about Taylor Heineke, and he did really well. Don't get me wrong; he, he did far better than than a lot of guys would have done in his position. Uh, he, I think, he ended up having the highest passer rating and overall performance. Their uh, Tampa's defensive line, obviously, uh, that was a huge part of their success. Uh, Tom Brady withholding. But you kind of have to wonder, like, why did this guy do so well? And why did these other guys not? And I think, like, the best conclusion I kind of came up to is, like, oh, didn't have any fucking film on this guy. Like, they just didn't know what he was going to come out swinging with in this system. 
and just kind of struggled to keep up with him. Like, right. He seems fluky. I guess you can give him a chance until, you know, round two, three, four, somewhere around there in, in getting, uh, you know, a, a David Mills or is it David Mills or Davis, Davis Mills? Davis Mills, the guy from Stanford. Davis Mills, he's he's really good. I just I I'm terrible with names. So wait, who's your pick? I, uh, I I've seen his tape. I'm just I think I got lost. awful with names. I'm sorry. Uh, I got lost you a little bit. My pick is uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Uh, again, one of my favorite prospects in this entire draft. He is. Is his name? the pro linebacker yeah we're all shifting towards uh favoring safeties more so this might kind of hurt washington football team in the long run by drafting a, a middle linebacker who is really good and can and everything which is going to be very valuable um but it kind of may leave them behind the rest of the uh in that you know, to the defense uh, where everybody else is innovating. They're just kind of in 2013 again. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, I, I think he can be really good. He can be an overall huge plus to pretty much any uh, well-endowed guy mentally uh, and physically. He's, he's really fast. He's a good tackler. There are no real weaknesses in his game. And I feel for the most part, he's just a really underrated linebacker. Like, we're going to watch this guy now. A few years, we're going to be like, why the fuck was this guy not like a top five pick? Because there are guys going to be hey. guys in this draft class that fall off or whatever. And we're, I genuinely feel like he, the guy who's just going to blow everyone out of the I will say this he has the second best name in draft. he has the I second best name regardless of it's all about the name baby no uh who did you have? who did you have Mac Jones yeah Mac Jones ah uh, okay the, the okay. Washington for the Washington foreskins uh, so, excuse you the Washington excuse me the Washington foreskins uh, uh so now right, we bears. have uh for you it's the Eagles we have the train. 20 yeah for you, it's the Eagles, and for me, it's the Bears. Uh, go ahead. This is this is where I get kind of sad because it's the, it's the guy I want. I think the Bears go Rashad Bateman because I, I feel like they might try to please Allen Robinson and maybe they can convince him to stay. But I feel like they should might want to get another receiver to line up outside Allen Robinson for whatever the hell they do at quarterback. But this is, this is going to be the pick that upsets yeah. me because he's the guy I want, but he is – one of the he is one of the better receivers in this class, so I do think the Bears could use someone like him in their offense, or or lack thereof. Definitely my wide receiver four. I'll just spoil it now. I had him going, to, you know, good pick. Uh, he he's definitely my wide receiver four. I, I think he's uh, there's that distinct group of three guys at the top, and then there's Bateman, and then there's everybody else. Bateman is alone in that second tier for me. Uh, you know, Kadarius Tony's all right. Terrence Marshall's all right. Uh, but all those guys have some noticeable flaws in their game. And I'm not saying that 
Bateman doesn't. He he has a few, and we can get into that. But he he's just head and shoulders above the rest of the guys after him. I think you can really go wrong getting him in this, you know, 20th pick range. Like, might be a little high, maybe, but it's not that high. It's not like a hard reach for me. And for you, uh, so the- let's go to Indianapolis. Yeah, for and, me, and, it's wait, the Eagles. And I, I, I had, yeah, Bateman too. Okay, I, I, that part cut out probably. All right, so for the Colts, I'm going to, this is another little audible I'm going to make real quick. Um, this was Elijah Moore, their receiver from Ole Miss, but I feel like the Colts are another of those teams that are going to draft based on best player available. And since, because of my last second adjustment for Divine Diablo, J.C. Horn is still on the board. And honestly, I know the Colts need a receiver, <laughs> but I don't think they can pass him up. So I think J.C. Horn will go here. Yeah, uh, if the Colts don't take them at 21, the Titans will definitely take them at 22. Uh, I, obviously, I have J.C. Horn, because uh, I, re- I, I do like him as a prospect a lot, and I think there's going to be a good desire for a cornerback, you know, uh, along the way here. Uh, and not his, you know, Horn gone, uh, Greg Newsom's gone for me, too. So uh, here I have them covering up right tackle. Uh, they get a good athletic guy to fill a pretty size hole left by Anthony Casanzo. Uh, he's been their starter for like eight years, uh, you know, since uh, like Ryan Grigson. So, you know, it's a weird passing of the guard. And I think they end up getting uh, uh, Samuel Cosme from Texas. I, I, I like his physical attributes. I think that's a little high. I, uh, honestly, I honestly don't think he's going to get picked in the first uh, round. I don't think Cosme's going to go in the first. I, I think this is a, about as high as he's going to go. You know, obviously, if, like, a Dara Shaw was left, he would, he would go here or something, which who knows. Uh, but I think... There are going to be a, a lot of tackles that are left for the early second round, and the Colts are just going to want to jump on the opportunity of having the dealer's choice while they can. Uh, you know, obviously the Colts are a very patient team, and I could see them going, you know, second or third round to get a replacement right tackle. They, they have the draft knowledge to do that. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. Uh, but you know, I have J.C. Horn, mm-hmm. Samuel Cosme. I, I can't say I'm really too hard up about either of those picks. Those are good picks in my yeah. eyes. So now we're on the Titans? Yeah, all right. We are on the Titans. Now, for me, this is one of those things where I, I also feel like the Titans would either target defense, would target defense here, but... I also feel like they want to get another wide receiver to pair with A.J. Brown. And who would be better to pair with A.J. Brown than a, 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 a friend from Ole Miss? I think Elijah Moore is the guy here. All right. I like it. It's not bad. Uh, I think they've kind of learned their lesson about drafting wide receivers in the first a little bit uh, with the whole Corey Davis thing. Not that Corey Davis ended up being bad. He ended up working out really well in their scheme. But is Corey Davis who you want as a top five pick at the end of the day? Eh, eh. 
Uh, I could see with all the wide receiver depth in this draft uh, that the Titans end up going to that position in like the second or third round. Definitely by the end of day two, I could see them taking a really good wide receiver that ends up dropping uh, to pair with A.J. Brown, uh, preferably some other, you know, they don't need a home run hitter. They need a guy who's technical, who can fill in gaps, who can take pressure off of A.J. Brown at this point. Ultimately, uh, that Frisker kid, too, who's going to be, who looks to be their new starting tight end. Uh, But we'll have to see on that one. Anthony Ferkser. Anthony Ferkser, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I am dog shit with names. Uh, but here, I have them going cornerback, and their GM, John Robinson, is really not afraid at all to draft uh, certain players with injury concerns. Uh, he's done it before. I feel like he's going to do it again at this spot, and I have them picking Caleb Farley. Hmm. They do need DBs. And I know, it's a little gone. interesting. Malcolm Butler's gone. Malcolm Butler's they definitely need DBs. Football, so. Malcolm Butler is gone. Yeah, they, they definitely need DBs. Like, I think if, if Farley can get back to where he is uh, or where he was and kind of retrain himself, it's got to be a long road with the kind of surgery he had. Uh, but he, he really is a talented player, and I think they're just going to see him at 22 and be like, fuck it, we we can't pass on this. We'll yeah. be missing out if we pass okay. on this, and just take him. Right, so next is Jets. Again, this is the, this is the pay they got for, for uh, dumping Jamal Adams on Seattle, so I think Obviously, huh. the Jets need pretty much everything. So, again, I think they do the best player available. And I think they roll the dice by getting Caleb Farley, VTech corner. Uh, I don't know. They, they, need okay. much, they, they, they need pretty much everything. So, and, I, I, and I, maybe the Jets should I think be taking the a one risk thing like they're that, kind but... of okay at on that defense is corner because they have Bradley McDougal and then they have. No, who's, what they're good the at is defensive they have, they have... No, what they're good at is defensive end because they have Quinn and Williams. That's what they don't need. They still need corners. That's true. Make... That's true. Uh, at this corner. pick, I I have them going. Uh, I, I feel like they need a pick with a little more versatility, somebody who can do a couple different things and move around in the scheme for them. And I think that's embodied by a guy like Zaven Collins. Uh, he played at Tulsa, which not the best school, not the best competition. I understand the whole dig against him, but he really is a talented athlete. Uh, he, he just knows where he's at. He, he's a really good tweener. He can play on the first and second levels of the defense. In my mind, I, I've seen him do it in the tape. Like he, he, He's really good. And it gives them a lot of flexibility in the future. So if they want to make a smart, safe, intelligent pick, which the Jets don't fucking do a lot, uh, we'll have to see. But they did. I will say this with the Jets. We clown on them for not, we clown the Jets for not knowing how to draft 
but I'll give them this. They did nail Makai Beckton. They did pick Makai Beckton. Oh, yeah. Well, any of the receivers, which was a great pick. So we, I'll be nice. Their last first round pick went well, but yeah, they, they don't have a, a rich, a rich history of first round picks. Yeah. Um, I like Makai Beckton. He's obviously a physical freak. Uh, and deserved to be drafted as high as he did, I, I think. I still think could worse. end up working out and being a really good fit. Uh, and I think Joe Douglas, we've been a little hard on him lately, uh, but I don't know. He's starting to make some interesting moves and kind of shedding the Adam Gase shit. So oh, yeah. we'll have he, to see how it goes. It was Ray Mohan. So who, who's your pick? I said Farley. You said Zaven Collins. Okay. Next is the Steelers. Um, it's I mean, come on, the Steelers in 2020 they could not run the ball to save their life. That's why they had Ben throwing like 40 something passes every single game, and the receivers leading drops. Their offense once they once Baltimore exposed them for Washington to then expose them on national TV. Their offense was so sluggish and one-dimensional and ineffective. They need to add the ability to be able to run the ball, period. And I think Najee Harris is the best scheme for it. So I think Harris goes to Pittsburgh, which I hate to say because I think Harris is going to be really good. And I don't want the Steelers to happen, but I feel like it's the most obvious thing that the Steelers need to address, unless like a tackle falls that they don't expect. Yeah, I, I think if they end up you know, I, I don't know. I guess Derrishaw could fall because uh, he's got some concerns about Maybe effort and shit, but I, I don't know. I think he still goes pretty high Maybe. regardless. Like, I, I don't I don't think he... Oh, Jenkins, yeah, that's not a bad pick. Uh, I actually don't think I have Tevin Jenkins in my uh, first round. I don't. I, I, I kind of see him sliding. Like, everybody's like, meet the angriest guy in football. Yeah, he'll he'll fucking kill your sister. Like I, I don't I don't know. Like I've seen I've seen the tape. He, he plays no, he, he he plays really aggressively. Like he, he has good talent, he's got good size, he, he has good attitude on the field. Uh so we'll have to see. Uh I could see him going in the first, but I don't know how he's gonna end up working out. Uh, I, I don't know. So, uh, we'll we'll have, have to see on that one. Uh, but for Pittsburgh, I have uh, Najee Harris as well. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. I, I, I mean, mean they th their offense, their defense is solid to the nines. Uh, uh, their whole game plan uh, for the last fucking 60 years has been... 11 on 11, our defense is going to kick the shit out of your offense every single time because we just have the most talented players. And that that's solved for a lot of uh, flaws they have in their scheming and, and whatever because they just always attract the most freak athletes. And I kind of wonder how they're going to end up handling the next 10 years of football if they can't really keep finding those guys. They'll figure out ways to get them, I guess. But I don't know. But the, the offense was clearly the biggest issue. Uh, I agree with throwing too much. And they just had no run game. Just no run game. Yeah, when they when they got shut down by Washington, 
they were interviewing Chase Young, and he was like, yeah, Baltimore exposed some things. So basically, Baltimore kind of showed them what to do, then Washington did it, and then everyone was like, oh, let's do that, and then they couldn't, they couldn't score. They could not score on Buffalo. They could not score in Cincinnati. Like, are you kidding me? You couldn't score in the Bengals? Yeah, like, they just got – they just started like the the moment they lost. It was kind of like the Patriots a couple years ago, uh, when they had like you know they they went like eight zero or whatever the hell it was, and uh, the moment they lost, they went from like the undefeated favorite to like an eleven and five team, and then they ended up getting knocked out of the playoffs by the fucking Titans. Like, yeah, uh, I yeah, saw that yeah, team and knew like yeah, oh, this. That. I thought that. I, I I remember watching this that team, and I was like, uh, this is not fucking happening. And I remember watching the Steelers afterwards, and I was like, this is not fucking happening. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just, I, I saw too many parallels between those two teams and how they kind of interacted. Once they got exposed once, they just kept getting exposed. It, there, yeah, there was no was. end in sight. Okay. Anyway, we should. And they just on, could uh, not adjust. Uh, it it was almost like I I don't like the Steelers, obviously, but it was kind of almost sad to see. It was just like oh, this no, is the funny. best you could hilarious. do. Yeah, it was funny. I I I loved it. Anyway, next is Jacksonville. Yeah. From the Rams. This yeah, Jacksonville. Why do they have this pick? Haven't they already gotten both Ramsey picks, or is this the second Ramsey? Pick? No, I think this is the last one. Okay. Um, I thought you could say the Jaguars want to protect their new quarterback, but I think there's a better player on the board for them to take, and I feel like all the offensive linemen that are worth taking in the first round are gone already. So I think they should get some secondary help. I have them getting Trayvon Morag, the safety for TC. Oh, wow. Me too. <laughs> Uh, I uh. They already have, have CJ Henderson, I, who's a decent corner. Is he worth a ninth overall pick? Yeah, hey, he's still good. He gets still he's good. all right. He'll he'll do okay. I mean, he he developed in. He, he was the Clemson kid, right? Yes. Oh wait, no, Florida. He went to Florida. He, he had. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he had a lot of comparisons to Marcus Peters because you know, a man-on-man beast with with um issues tackling. He, he had a lot of those comparisons. But I think Jacksonville needs a guy that can potentially. Uh, prevent uh, people from beating them over the top, which ha- happened to them a lot. And they sure. Peace in the back end to kind of get them safe from that. Because I feel like if Jacksonville wants any chance to be any good this year, I think they're just going to outscore other teams. Because I actually do think they can have a good offense next year with Lawrence, Robinson, and Sharks. So I think their offense can still be productive. It's just they need to, they need to try to rebuild Saxonville pretty much. And they, they have a they have a piece. They have Josh Allen, so I think someone on the back end who's getting toasted over the top. Sure, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they just kind of need they, good pieces uh, overall. They they got to rebuild. They're okay, but yeah. Next is next is Cleveland. Uh, this is the this is the best. This is the happiest Cleveland fans have been in the last say what twenty five years. Probably they finally have an awesome. They have sure. an awesome roster. They have a they have a coach of the year. They got their new quarterback. They got they got everything. It seems like, but they did just cut Sheldon. So if anything, they may as well spend this pick and try to get his replacement, which I think is going to be Christian Barmore, which is a huge value pick. 
not only is it a position of need, he might be the best player, one of the best players available in this position. I mean, I, I can't see any of the teams that yeah. have Maybe the Raiders could. If, if I didn't have him gone for uh, by Las Vegas, uh, I, I probably would have had him go to Cleveland. I, I think there's not a whole lot of teams that need I think if Barmore well, like, falls at uh, this late in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he would fit in really well there. Uh, I could see them spending a first-round pick there. Uh, they need to, you know, fortify a couple spots on their defense. Uh, I guess I could see them going maybe wide receiver. Uh, you know, on day two, they, they just – they, they were kind of hurting for depth. All their wide receivers got injured, and they still went, you know, what was it, 10 Browns and 6? And The Browns should address wide receiver in the second. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you there. Um, I, I think the fourth is too late. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, second is good. Third might be a little late, actually. So I think second. I think I'd go second. Is there at the second. end of the second? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't really need anything else. Uh, Anyway, on to the Ravens. So, this is their. No, 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 no. Wow. No, 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 no. We're not moving on to the Ravens yet. This is this is this is. Dangerous. Uh. So I actually have my my final trade of the night. Uh, I have Cleveland trading pick twenty six to the Giants for pick forty two. Pick 116 and the Giants fourth and fifth next year. This is comparable to the Giants and Seahawks DeAndre Baker deal in 2019. Yeah, I guess we kind of saw how that turned out. Maybe not the best the comparison, but they're overpaid big time. Eh. Listen, Dave Gettleman knows his job is on the line this year and he needs to be aggressive. And the way I see it, they need edge. Yeah. This glut of edge rushers who are about to pick, uh, I'll, I'll be picked in my draft. Uh, and I see them getting Jason Owe. Uh, Penn State, uh, maybe not Wait. the pro- most productive guy, but... Another elite name, Owe. What? I think his last name is Owe. Owe. Oh my god, I'm so tired. I didn't even get it. I, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jason Oway, uh, he numbers not the highest in college, but he has good physical traits. He's a little undersized for an edge, but he's good technically. He's not as refined as my next pick, which is how we can segue into that. Uh, I have Baltimore picking uh, a guy, another guy who's underrated and has beautiful technique. This is Aziz Ojolari. I fucking love this guy. When Mark, when Mark said it, I, 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 you heard me say he's my favorite edge in this class. I, I think he's got the most finesse, the most skill. I think he's the most well-balanced. I, I would want him over any other edge. Oh, yeah. I love that pick. I, I am him and like I said, Awusu Korma. I fucking love those guys. Yeah, I absolutely love those guys. Uh, no, he's uh, 
I, I think we've probably said enough on him. I, I can gush on him for days. He's undersized, yes. which is the big I'll, knock I'll on him. To... But like Judon was undersized uh, from what I remember, and like he was good technically. Like it doesn't matter as much if you're just a fucking freak technique motherfucker. Yeah, like, size who is cares? Like Derek Brooks was small. Like, come on, Derek Brooks was small. Like, but anyway, I'm too bent on size, dude. I don't like so, that shit. So, uh, so we have New August. Orleans. It's, it's, it's my turn. It's my turn. Oh, I apologize. I thought you had the same one. Well, well, not yet. Uh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to Ojolari on pick 31. But for pick 27, uh... here's the thing. Obviously, the Ravens tubing needs a receiver and edge rusher. But I look at, like, which position do the Ravens want to address first? And I look at it in the sense of the two teams to pick after them are the Saints and Packers. Two teams who I think are both going to target a wide receiver or both very likely could. So I think the Ravens will go for wide receiver first. And I really like uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. Six foot three, 200 pounds, physical freak. Exactly what the Ravens need. If he develops properly, he'd be a nice outside threat that we've been looking for basically since Bolden and Torrey Smith. Like, I think he could be that type of guy. We just have to use him right. And I don't know if I trust Greg Roman to pull it off because I hate him, but I do think he's a fit for the Ravens' need on offense to try to elevate it to the next level, which is an outside uh, one-on-one jump ball, monster-ass wide receiver. Which we haven't, again, we haven't had I suppose. Or bold. Yeah, that's true. Um, that, that would be a good pick. I believe I have him. Do I have him? No, I have something else. Uh, I have, I just don't think Green Bay and New Orleans are going to pull the trigger. I mean, their star wide receivers are not first round guys that they don't commit to picking, uh, weapons in the first few rounds. Uh, both of them, I believe were drafted in the third, uh, Michael Thomas and, uh, Monte Adams. And you, you can really throw, uh, Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara in there uh, as well. They're kind of in the same vein. Uh, I can't see them taking wide receivers. So we move on to New Orleans. I have them taking uh, your your boy, Owosu Koromora from Notre Dame. I think the Saints, their linebacker depth is really old. I think they should they should uh, patch the holes with some young blood. I think JMK sure. is what they what they could be looking for. I did say the Saints would be a threat to take a wide receiver. I'm saying I think that would be in consideration. I think if Marshall gets picked, the Saints would just look to address it in the second round. Or maybe, hell, maybe they could trade back up in the second. But I think you may as well address defense since we all know the cap situation is which honestly, they kind of yeah, might as well just get a, a cheap guy, uh, a cheap defender now than later. I, I definitely see the logic in that. I actually went with a Quiddy Pay from Michigan. I finally have him going. I uh, he's a uh, what like two sixty six. I remember he's got really good size. Uh, 
really good physical skills. He's a leader. Like he could be a guy that takes New Orleans into this next decade or so of football, uh, regardless of how his talent works out, if not as a, a, a solid guy to have on the team. Uh, for Green Bay, we might as well just move on to Green Bay. Green Bay, New Orleans. Oh, Quiddy Pay, Quiddy Pay. Oh yeah. I, all right, for the Packers, I, I I've been saying this for like three years. Also, the Packers, this is gonna be the year to take a wide receiver. They're gonna, they're finally gonna do this year, and they never do. But I'm gonna bite the bullet, and I think they're gonna do it. They're finally gonna do it this year, and I think they're gonna take uh Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida. He's basically a speed demon. But the thing is, I have some doubts about him. Like first of all. He's not a guy who will necessarily attack the ball as often as he wants to. And he's not as crisp of a route runner, but he is still a speed demon. And I think with Aaron Rodgers' deep ball, they could definitely make that work. So I think Tony would be a great fit for Green Bay. And I do think he's kind of limited in terms of like his ceiling and what he can do as a wide receiver. But I do think he has enough pure speed and now ball skills where he could still make it in the Packers system with Aaron Rodgers. That's interesting. I, I, I like the analysis there. I, I probably haven't watched enough tape of him, and I still have him down here. Uh, I have Green Bay taking Jalen Phillips from Miami. Uh, we, we talked about his case. Uh, at the very least, you see the one-year production he had. You see the turnaround he had. You see the physical skills he had. And you're like, fuck it. Why not take a first? Uh, uh, why not use the 29th overall pick on this guy who could realistically end up being a home run hitter in a defense that has some weird deficiencies? So I don't know. All right. Um, so you have Jim Phillips. I have. Now, on to the Bills. The Bills is where I have Jalen Phillips going. Get, get some more okay. heat up front. Get some more heat up front. The Bills defense took a step back in 2020. They need to work on that a lot. As good as it was in 2019. Because 2019 is basically the reason they even made I think if the Bills can reload their defense, they can be a serious, serious threat. Yeah, I agree with you. They, they need a couple young pieces that just can contribute a little more. I understand they picked uh, A.J. Epinesa uh, out of uh, Iowa last year early, who no, has been good so far. Yes. Um, yeah, he, he's, he, he's, he's a good prospect, I should say. That's a good correction. Uh, but I believe it's uh, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. Like, they're in their 30s. They're kind of aging out. And they kind of came in with the uh, old regime, mm-hmm. or at least Jerry Hughes did. I, I can't remember when Mario Addison came in. Uh, so they're kind of more undersized technical guys. And I've seen Buffalo have more of an appreciation recently for raw, more physical uh, prospects. So I have them picking 
Peyton Turner from Houston. What the He's heck? about 270. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, he is an athletic freak, just lit up the charts against decent competition. You see a couple of his games. He, he, he had some good performances. Uh, you could argue you, like I feel like this guy is good enough as a prospect alone. Well, he'll he'll probably end up being gone by like the early second. Like someone will grab this guy uh, after like at worst, like after Gregory Rousseau is gone, somebody will grab this guy. Uh, I think I had uh, Gregory alert. Rousseau going to like the Falcons. Spoiler alert: I don't have Rousseau getting picked in the first round. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. I have him going, I think it's 36th to the Falcons. But I have Peyton Turner at I might agree on that. I either had him going to the Falcons or Jets. But anyway... I think the uh, Falcons are pretty natural. Yeah, I agree. The Anyway, we only have two picks left. This is the other Ravens first-round pick that they got from... Orlando Brown. Can you hear me? Okay, sure. you might cut out for yeah. a minute. You might cut out for a minute. Okay, and this is where I have Ojalari getting picked. Love him. Finesse. Great great athlete. A little small, which I kind of like. I think he'd be a great fit. I, I, I want him more than any other edge rusher. I think he's going to be a stud. And that's, I, that's who I think the Ravens should get to fulfill their yearly tradition of uh, rebuilding their defense of the draft, which they do almost all the time and are typically really good at. So hopefully they don't fuck that trend anytime soon. So I, I'm all I, I Obviously, I like that pick. I, I had him go earlier because I think Ojolari is, is going to go earlier, a little bit earlier than that. Part of a what ends up being, for me, a, a five-man run on edges towards the end of the first round from the Giants uh, trading into Cleveland all the way to Buffalo. And I have Baltimore picking Kadarius Toney. Uh, This one's a little more outside, maybe not as well researched as the other ones. Yeah, I'm still working stuff out. I I wasn't too certain on this one, if I'm being honest. You, 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 you should just cross his name out and write down Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, Kadarius Tony's yeah, really good. Well, I had Terrace Marshall. I had Terrace Marshall, and I was like, do I... Like, this just seems too... I don't know, obvious? I, I, I don't know what I was doing, but at the last minute, I changed him to Kadarius Tony. Like, Kedarius while Tony we've been just... talking, I changed him to Kadarius Tony. Canarius Tony is is Hollywood Brown 2.0. He could be better. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be a clone, but I'm not on. As, as, like I said about him earlier, he I feel like other receivers like Marshall are better at at attacking the ball, especially when they're contested. And I don't know, he's limited as his skills as a route runner, but he is blindingly fast, which kind of makes up for it. But we already have a speed demon. I don't think we're willing to invest a first round pick in another. Sure, I will take that into consideration and kind of okay switch that up. Uh, Terrace so, Marshall, do you think uh, any other real wide receiver threats uh, you'd like to see go to Baltimore? 
Uh, mm-hmm. I, w- I really want Bateman. Look into in the next I, I really want Bateman. He's my favorite of the guys we could possibly get, but I, not likely. I think Bateman's going to go in like the early 20s. So, But if Bateman falls, we better swipe him up. Like I think he's going to be a beast. So that's who I want. But on the other receivers are good. Like, I like Rondo. Terrace Marshall. Yeah, I, I like Rondo more, but like, he's another one of those guys that's kind of just – more of a speed guy than anything else. So, I don't know if I'm willing to... Yeah, he's, he's like, 5'9", and, like, ha- ha- plays uh, running back, and, and he can be versatile. I'd kind of like to see if he dropped to the Pats, if we couldn't get a couple guys I- I'd like. Right. The second... I don't know. Just kind of depends. If, like... I- Fuck it. I, I kind of want Davis Mills for the Pats uh, at this point, but that's getting off track. I'll cut that. Uh, and for the final pick in the draft, we have the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you have, my I friend? Mean, I, I don't think the Bucks really need any position. I think they should just take the best guy available, which is uh, Zayvon Collins. I don't, they don't really need a linebacker, but like, sure. what do they? What do they need? They're so set at every position. Like, just draft some dude to be a depth piece for a year. Maybe, maybe if you develop a little bit, he can start later. But for now, just get Zayvon Collins. He'll mess a little linebacker piece for a little bit. Maybe he can start in a couple of years. Sure. Levante David declines. Like, wh- whatever. You, you just won the fucking Super Bowl. I don't think you're too concerned about who you're picking thirty second overall. Oh, I, I obviously I don't think they are either. I mean, I have them picking uh, Levi on Wuzuriki. I'm fucking up his name. I know it. Uh, Is he a D tackle? He's a really good. Yeah, he's the D tackle from Washington. He he, he oh, yeah. is really good. Very very technical. A good size. Uh, I I think probably uh, you know pretty firmly the best or second best. Uh, uh, interior D lineman next to Barmore. Uh, I've kind of been thinking, uh, I've had him as my pick for Tampa for a while because I just don't really know what else for them to pick. They've got, uh, you know, they've got Nadamik and Sue and they've got uh, JP and all those guys getting up there in age. So it, it might be a good time to draft now for later if that makes sense uh right just to get some upfront death uh but i was also i okay i'm not gonna spoil uh, what i was thinking for the podcast i'll say it for later and i'll cut that last little bit all right i believe we are done my friend uh we it's are. been good that it's took been a, while. a long session yeah, yes. uh, but it, it's great talking to you, take... and I know we will talk again for our buddy Mark, uh, yes, my friend that... Taco, and myself, be... Cam Dawkins. This has been Fair Game Network. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye.